Hello storygoers and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod, and I will be one of your other co-hosts, Ryan Bauer. And today we have a special guest. It's our good friend, Jesse Law, back with us again. Jesse, how are you? Hi, hi friends. I'm doing good. Glad to be back. It's been a hot minute. We're so happy to have you back. How are you and what have you been playing? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, uh, you know, life things in general going fine. Um, games I've been playing recently. I was, I was, I was rambling to Ryan for like a good 30 minutes yesterday um, about... I had a game that I had purchased like three years ago and finally got around to playing because I'm like, I need to, I need to uninstall some, some stuff from my Steam library uh, to make some space for Baldur's Gate 3 so I can play that. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I had this game that had really good recommendations, but I, I just was always like, I'll play it today and then didn't get to playing it for whatever reason. But a game called um, Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice, which I would like to recommend to your entire audience. To, to, to just delete $30 from their bank account immediately <laughs> by this game. Because it's it, it's one of those like pieces of media that's like just immediately in my top 10. Um, wow. Uh, as it's essentially the game uh, follows the journey of uh, a, a Celtic woman, a warrior, whose a village was attacked by, by uh, Vikings... And her husband was was killed and ritually sacrificed to their gods. And so she uh, has to go on basically a vision quest to go rescue his soul from Viking hell. You know, just casual things. Um, but the cool part is also Senwa, as the main character, she suffers from uh, a very severe mental psychosis, which uh, the developers in the studio, I think it's Ninja Theory who made the game, uh, there's like lots of like behind the scenes featurettes and things that go through how they uh, they went through a really thorough, deep research process and consulting like psychologists and people in the real world who suffer from psychosis to go into research into making this game. And the game only took me like less than nine hours to beat. It's not a long time, but it is it is a good time. You may need to take some breaks depending on how well you can. Um, uh, you know, how how resilient you are through through uh, heavier heavier topics like violence and 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 death and and uh, some some horror elements at times, but it's 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 stressful, but it's a good time. It's so it's it's just a very moving, emotional and compelling narrative, and the gameplay is just baller. So uh, it's one of those games I gotta get to. I've had it and I want it, and I know I think it's. I think it's one of those games too, and and please tell me if I'm, I'm right or wrong here. Like that, they recommend headphones because like you hear, yeah, you kind of hear voices going, yes. in. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's throughout like the whole game. There's some there's some levels where your vision is impaired as part of the game, and you kind of are forced to listen directionally to where things are because they use like special microphones in the recording or whatever software they put into the game that it's like, oh, it's like there's something moving in the dark and it doesn't sound good. So I need to avoid that. Um, so yeah, it's and they that that happens when the game starts up. They're like, play this with headphones. It's better. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think too. Also, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I think it can be played without too. It's not like mandatory, but I think it's um, a little helpful. I think people have said it's a little less scary 
or sometimes if you if you're not wearing headphones but i definitely definitely have to try and i think too that the 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 actor for senwa is actually uh like a, car, a character artist or some kind of worker I, at ninja theory that they yeah, just she pulled was and... she was like their video editor i believe melina jurgens oh. and they were and because they were using her for like the camera tests and um in the in the behind the scenes videos uh, yeah, they were just like, you, we're just going to have you be Senwa now. And she talks <laughs> about how, like, oh, yeah, Senwa's going through all these, like, all these trials where she's, like, you know, uh, like, scared out of her mind and just, like, and and suffering through these horrible things. And that was really relatable to me because acting is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like good, good for you, Melania. But, she, uh, like, the, 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 a lot of the game features kind of, like, this really nice motion capture of of her facial performances and and I think her body performances too, um, is she I think she does a lot of the the body acting, um, but it it's so good. There's a sequel coming out too. Eh? Yeah, yes, I hopefully some point. I I just checked out the the trailers for it after I beat the game because I was like, one oh, I, I want more now. <laughs> I crave more, mother. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, looking forward to that. So that's that's what that's what I've been playing amongst other nonsense. Yay! Well, good. That's a fantastic game to be playing. So I'm glad. We're glad you enjoy it. Get it, it now. Yeah. Stop listening to this podcast. Go play <laughs> Sacrifice. Then come back to this. If you Perfect. <laughs> Ninja Theory, I think, is a fantastic studio. I don't think they get enough credit for what they they've done personally. Just we're happy that you're back. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yes. How are you? And what have you been playing? I am doing great. I had some late night game time uh, with Jesse and some of our friends last night as we played Quiet Ear, which was a fun time, uh, which I, we may be playing again sometime. And I've even had some other folks ask to join sometime. So oh. I might run another session of it sometime if, if Eric, if you're interested. I, I'm not even sure what it is, actually. So I'll... I'll I, yeah, well, we, yeah, can, I, we, I can, we can talk more about it. It's, it's, you just make a beautiful map. You just join make us. a map together. I love making um, <laughs> So that was really fun. Um, so that's kind of immediately what was on my mind as we I prepare for some D&D stuff. Other than that, I'm great. Uh, as far as what I've been playing, um, I've really only, I think, the same thing since last time we recorded uh, Cult of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, still very fun. Uh, I've, 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 I, my partner, she loves to fish in that game for whatever reason. So she was <laughs> fishing in it, and then she just like closed it and didn't turn it off so when i get back on everyone was dead they were all oh, dead all the followers no. were dead oh, <laughs> there was like no. dead bodies everywhere i had to bury them it was it was, it was very fun you just start like over basically uh, yeah i mean i you i luckily i am able to resurrect people um oh, even nice. death even in death you cannot escape the cult um so i'm able to I bring people that one, back which is interesting um and all kinds of other stuff so it it, it really wasn't that much of an inconvenience because get <laughs> back this is very funny um so been playing that um been playing a little bit of destiny next week is the showcase for the new stuff coming so just finishing up the season stuff and then playing some satisfactory here and there when when able the the dude you know doing some math and figuring out efficiencies and stuff so that's fun it's a fun time such a perfect name for that game yeah it's very good, such a good <laughs> it's a very good name they, they named it very well um but yeah that's i think that's everything for now before things get buck wild soon with with the fall but yeah yeah eric how are you what are you doing I'm good. I'm good. I was uh, maybe too productive this morning, doing laundry and taking out recycling, and then I 
uh, went to Target with my partner because I need to get a picture frame for this beauty. I don't like to spend money on myself basically because I feel like I'm constantly poor. But I did buy this and I'm, I'm so happy with it. I don't know if you can see it very well. Ooh, it is yeah. Hades. All the Hades. Sorry, uh, sorry guys, you can't see it, so I'm so sorry. But it is this beautiful artwork from Super massive games oh, that's awesome. uh hades it's yeah it's it's, it's one of my i've decided he's probably one of my favorite games of all time i just oh, love it so scene. much the artwork and everything is just top notch so i'm going to hang this on my wall after we're done recording today i'm very excited about that um but that's why i was late today so sorry <laughs> <laughs> just too, being too productive this morning but uh, yeah so i'm going to do the laundry at the laundry mats are never never a good time so very sketchy people and you just want to get out anyway um but no, I'm good. And I also have been playing uh, Cult of the Lamb like crazy. I'm on the, on the uh, last boss. I I don't know. I feel like there's going to be something else that happens in this game. Not to, I'm not going to say anything else to spoil anything, but I just, I'm under the assumption that I'm not as close to being done as I think I am. So I'm very, I'm very curious. But I, it's funny, Ryan, I actually chose not to get the resurrect skill. And I'm regretting it a little bit because I have probably about 30 graves occupying my space <laughs> which is when you bury them you can you can like fully uh you have like a ceremony to bury them oh, and then sure. they generate the graves generate devotion oh that's cool so that's, they're a devotion yeah. generator machine basically so but the downside is i have to keep recruiting more people then to yeah. keep joining my cult so um, yeah i i eventually got the thing where you can turn people into fertilizer so I'll, every time someone dies I'll throw them <laughs> in a machine and it crunches them up into fertilizer what oh boy yeah <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, I get to the point now where i have so many graves that i try to this sounds so bad this game is like i feel this game is making me worse of a person like i identify who's old yeah like okay they just hit old age so i try to sacrifice them before they die so i don't take more space making a grave which sounds so bad it sounds so bad and sometimes the games let me and sometimes it doesn't it it depends on who's in your like inner circle that you can't you can't pick they just come you know what i mean so if i'm lucky i I get to sacrifice them which they're they're psyched for they're all happy about it you know but but then i'll be fighting in a in a a thing of like this person died and this person died and this person died i'm like oh no so i come home i come back and they're they're all rotting on the ground all the people are like praying around them like no stop it (laughs) they're dead stop it so anyway but now i've I've gone through i'm just i've designed the whole the whole cult again to make it beautiful my whole yeah. plot i'm i've I'm, I'm trying to redecorate before the game is over to feel like i've i've accomplished something here i'm trying to be the best cult leader possible but yeah cult of the lamb is fantastic and I played a little bit of stray stray's good so far so very very pretty game so but it broke my heart when the cat fell it broke my heart so yeah yeah so sad um but yeah anyway uh oh yeah i i had a uh a, a blank for a second but i'm back okay story goers as always we love to have you share your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives by sharing us them at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. Also, StoryGurus, we're going to try something different as well. If you want to send us uh, a voicemail or a text about your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives on any games that you covered or any games that you want to cover, you can call or text us at 207-494-4334. And you can share those with us and we will, we will play them for you on the podcast uh, and kind of talk about your perspectives. So and we'll always be kind. It will never answer the phone, as far as I know. So don't worry. We're not going to answer and, and cause anxiety. <laughs> Sometimes calling people is terrifying. Scary, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but again, we've had the privilege of having Jesse on here. Jesse, would you like to tell the storygoers what game we are covering today? Of course. Today, 
we are diving back into the saga of our humble bard, Callius, as we go into Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Arm, part one. Because I I can't I can't stop myself from <laughs> including everything I like about the game in the script. So I have to You're thorough. I have to call Ryan like five days before we're recording it. I'm like, Ryan, it's too much. We could have a five hour <laughs> podcast. I'm so sorry. He's like, we could split it into two parts. I'm like, oh cool. <laughs> You know, I mean, when you're thorough, I'm sure storygoers, especially those who love D&D, <laughs> just appreciate the heck out of this. You know what I mean? Seriously. But yeah, so I guess we can go through some background information. That's okay. Yeah. So the release date for, for Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of... I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this. Um, Shadows of... Just, just forget, oh, okay, that. Just forget the N is there. Okay. Uh, so the release date for Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Om, um, is September two, uh, 2000. September 2000. Oh my God. I, yeah. Which that's wild. And if, if for 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 your storygoers who were who were who were listening into our previous chronicles in the saga, because um, um, you know our first Baldur's Gate game was around 1998 released, but the last story we did, Siege of Dragonspear, doesn't come out for another like 16 years after Baldur's Gate 2 because it's sort of like an in between prequel. This is kind of like I basically had the experience if you watched the Star Wars movies in numerical order. Instead of like the actual, you know, chronological dates they come out in the real world. So we're doing a little bit of that. So I had an interesting experience where I imagine older Baldur's Gate fans, you know, played Baldur's Gate 1, played Baldur's Gate 2, and then were happy 16 years later when it's like, oh wow, a whole new thing came out. That's, um, but I didn't have that experience. So I was, I was going into this one totally blind after the, the Siege of Dragonspear things that sort of had callbacks to, to things here. Yeah, that's cool that they, again, I think we already said this before, that I'm having flashbacks of of saying this, but so cool they went back and and did the prequel for for that. It's so cool. But yeah, uh, developers Bioware, which is not surprising to do great, great games. Uh, Publishers are the Black Isle Studios and Interplay Entertainment. The writers and lead designers are James Olin and Kevin Martins. And the composer is Michael Honig. Yeah, from Baldur's Gate 1. And Howard... Drossen. Howard Drossen. Yes. Sorry. Names are hard sometimes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I just, the extra pressure saying names, but, uh, I think, should we start, should we start with you, Jesse? Should we start with us? Because I feel like I have less to say. I don't know if that is a good way to do it. How about this? How about this? I will, I will start. That's okay. And then I'll probably, we'll probably go down from least experience to most experience. We can end on a, a more positive note. Does that sound okay? Okay, not that it's actually not positive. That sounded wrong, but um, so I'll, I'll start I, again. I I've not played Baldur's Gate, and I feel like it's one of those games I really think I would love. And I just need to, to just dive in and do it, and I just get caught up in the rush of my backlog and all the new ones coming out. It just it's so hard. But I've thoroughly enjoyed all the things that we've recorded so far. So I I'm very excited for this to learn more. And again, I actually said this before we started recording, but I'm very excited for Baldur's Gate three. I, guess I just, when I see it, it looks absolutely gorgeous and just so immersive that it, it just, I don't know. I think, I think that's the, I'm doing it to service for sure. Not doing it, playing the ones beforehand, but I think I, if I'm going to jump in one, probably be Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll force myself to, to go back, but yeah. Ryan, what are your memories of Baldur's Gate? Yeah. So uh, I think I said that talked about this before. Uh, there are games that I like bought and installed, played bits and bobs of, but it was just a little bit 
the older mechanics were a lot to kind of work through when I jumped in, um, and so I, I didn't end up going back. I'm, I'm really glad I get to experience it through the eyes of Jesse, who it, it gets to tell this story in a way that I think is maybe, at least for me, um, the definitive story for these games, and I don't want to go <laughs> yeah, back and have 100%. that sullied by having it be something different. <laughs> And I'm scared of that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm also really excited for Baldur's Gate 3. I've been watching it uh, since it was announced. And every time an update comes out, I have to fight the urge to go try it. Because I want to wait until everything is there and then go play it all. But um, <laughs> I'm sure um, there'll be there will still be plenty if you've jumped in already. Because I think they've only added like a, a couple of the many chapters in the game. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of I've Baldur's Gate. I, I know about those games. I've, I've seen them played and I've played them a little bit um and uh yeah so i'm I'm always excited to go back and and visit them again um and if i mean if you're if you're looking for like a definitive uh if you really want the callius experience one one of the really cool things i really liked about the first or the original um Baldur's gate games is that you can add your own custom portraits of your characters but you can also add your own custom voice lines which is what I did for Callius, which I mentioned before. So the whole time, you know, every time I click on Callius and move him somewhere, I just hear, Splendid! <laughs> yes, darling. Just like over and over. and it's But it's like, it's it's fun and it's immersive when you just hear your character moving around. So, But you can send those like to other people. Like I could just make a little folder. I could probably, I think I have a Google Docs folder with those. And you just have to like put them in a certain file. And then in the game, just it'll pop up as an option. And then like, boom, you've got Callius in your game. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, but my 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 enjoyment of these games was especially felt. Um, you can you can cut this if you need to later for time, Ryan. Um, but also um, really into Magic: The Gathering too. Uh, along with Dungeons and Dragons, I'm just uh, I have I have I have pre-given all of my money that I will ever make to Wizards <laughs> of the Coast. They just have it already, um, and I can see on my screen I've got my Minsk and Boo deck box. I for my Minskin Boo deck, <laughs> because they because Wizards of the Coast just came out with a Baldur's Gate themed set uh, that had characters from the original games, from Baldur's Gate three now, from um, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, which I'm also like running with Ryan and other friends. So that was just me pouring over when they spoiled all the cards for the set originally i was just like oh my god i know all of these esoteric references <laughs> all my other magic friends who know nothing about it are just like oh this card looks cool that has pretty good in-game effects and i'm like no but do you know what this character does in the story and how i met them in the game and then said eh, I, I don't really have room in my party so you know you can't join um <laughs> it's like most of them <laughs> so um that was like that was like nerd apotheosis for me um but the game itself, um, uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was interesting to see after playing Siege of Dragonspear how, like I said, yeah, it's like um, it's like yeah, getting those references a little earlier and seeing how that how they tried to like weave that in years later and and um, feeling that out. Um, but yeah, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2 is a pretty interesting time, and I'm looking for um, um, I'm looking forward to after after this one. Of course, we'll have, we'll have part two for Shadows of Om, but then there's the Throne of Ball expansion that is sort of the 
the end of the the older games uh, saga until you know twenty something years later when Baldur's Gate three eventually goes into early access because <laughs> it still has to come out. That's um, wild. That's gonna be. I think it's gonna be so good. They're taking their time. That's a good thing. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Think, no. I yeah. I'm definitely happy with games because oh my god after the number of games. Like always, I always just think back to Knights of the Old Republic two and how many things got cut from that game because they rushed it. And I was like, why, why did you do that to this like perfect game that just could have been better? Um, I feel like someone we just talked about that recently. Did, Ryan, did you bring up Shadows uh, of Knights of the Republic two recently? The, I mean, the that? newest one is 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 looking like it's not ever going to come out. Unfortunately, the the remake. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, but I, we might have we might have talked about um, maybe in a in the card episode my love of Knights of the Republic I also just wanted to give a shout out before we started as uh, of um, I did add one mod to my gameplay for this game which was for um, a certain party member uh, that will get introduced in the story named Herr Delis who um, was one of those characters where um, if I could have romanced them with Callius I absolutely would um, but unfortunately I, I think I read some things where I think that was cut from the game. Like they were going to make this character bisexual for player characters in the game, but then cut it for, I don't, I don't even think he's romanceable normally. Um, so, but then this mod from uh, a, a wonderful person named uh, uh, Aaron from a site called spellholdstudios.net. So if you want to, if you want to get that mod as I, I, I put some of uh, some inspirations from there writing into this story as well and i want to uh, give a shout out a thank you to them for enhancing my gameplay experience with their 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 writing and and, and modding work on that thank you for everyone uh and and what your your vocal cords will do today especially you jesse <laughs> i know i got like I, two uh, bottles of water next to me here <laughs> i brought lacroix <laughs> i thought maybe the bubbles would help i don't know <laughs> in between every sentence just slathering honey down my throat yeah. <laughs> lubricate the folds. <laughs> Send these details of the cartridge. Oh. Main honey. <laughs> That's my Slap point. a sticker on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then without further ado, let's just jump in. This is Baldur's Gate 2. Shadows of Arm, Part 1, Chapter 1. The Lord of Murder shall perish, but in his death he shall spawn a score of mortal progeny. Chaos shall be sown in their footsteps, so saith the wise Alondo. Greetings, dear friends, is I, Callius the Humble, bard extraordinaire and hero of oh god it burns no please no uh, sorry about that <laughs> um, my current hosts can be a bit rude at times <laughs> i'm currently enjoying an all expense paid stay at wherever this lovely cell of mine is i'm not entirely sure all i know is that i haven't seen the sun in ages oh Please forgive me. I'm not very well put together right now. Uh, my clothes are shamefully sullied, and I haven't had the chance to fix my hair. It's rather hard to get to it right when your hands are bound above your head in chains. Oh, I'm sad to see you in this dreary place as well, dear friends. Or am I merely hallucinating you here? 
Either way, you're the best company I've had in- Wait! No, please, dear God, stop that! Anyway, where was I? Oh yes, I was introducing myself. I, if you don't know, am Callius the Humble, bard extraordinaire at your service. You may know me from my daring exploits, saving the city of Baldur's Gate from the clutches of the evil Saravok, slayer of my foster father Garion, and my half-brother as it turned out. You may have also heard the riveting tale of how I became the champion of Dragonspear, stopping the fanatical crusade of Kalar Argent, the shining lady, before she and her army destroyed the Sword Coast. And Yes, I suppose there may be rumors that I was responsible for the murder of the daughter of one of the dukes, but I promise you I was framed for that most unjustly. It seems a scheming man- Ah! My soul! They're stealing my soul! As I was saying, a scheming hooded man who had been stalking me across the countryside had taken particular interest in me. Now, normally I'm used to this sort of thing, men chasing me to the ends of the earth at any cost. But this man in question seemed to be more interested in the small fact that the blood in my veins is shared by my biological father, Ball, the god of murder. What he wants my blood for, I haven't a clue in the slightest. I don't even know his name. So I'm stuck with hallucinating friends like you into existence, too. Mm, help me pass the time. Oh, especially since my other friends have been captured as well. Uh, oh, no. Oh, wait. He's coming back. Oh, I can introduce you. Uh, the hooded man, now unhooded in the privacy of his own lair, stood before me. Uh, his face, as you can see, is set into a disapproving scowl, spreading taut veins across his scarred face. For a mage, he had a rather impressive musculature. Uh, I could tell because instead of a dark robe or some other wizardly outfit, he had kind of like a bondage aesthetic going on. I really don't know how else to describe it. Uh, what with the spikes and the leather straps, it was original at least, but mm, his magical prowess certainly wasn't matched by his taste in clothes. Uh, his hands, however, seemed to be burnt to a dark black, no doubt the result of some corruptive magics or other. Ah, uh, you've awoken, child of Ball. Conjuring imaginary friends again? No matter. It is a neglectable side effect. It is time for more... experiments. The once-hooded man traced a series of magical sigils in the air with his fingers. Once finished, he thrust his hand forward, firing a thin beam of pure flame into my chest. I screamed in agony. And for the first time, I realized how good the acoustics were on these dark stone walls. Oh, if only they'd let me perform here. You should survive the process. We must test the limits of your body and your spirit to determine the true power within you. With another arcane gesture, the once-hooded man spawned forth a swarm of ghostly insects that swarmed around me, biting and ripping into my flesh. My captors seemed to glean something from the effort. But I could not possibly tell what. Interesting. You have much untapped power. Even more than I had originally anticipated. Another incantation, and my flesh and bones seemed to stretch and pull in every direction, threatening to tear apart. 
Do you even realize your potential? Our quality time together was soon rudely interrupted by a massive iron golem, one of the guards that stood watch in this place. It spoke. More intruders have entered the complex, master. They act sooner than we had anticipated. No matter. They will only prove a slight delay. The once hooded man teleported away in a flash of magic. I don't know how long I was left there, but I thought I heard rumblings and fighting. Was it a rescue party? I saw a figure rush into my chamber. A figure in a black cloak, their face obscured, rushed inside. A potential savior! Oh, how grand! However, the mystery figure made it two steps before a bolt of flame shot into the room and disintegrated them to ash. Oh, well, so much for that plan. I thought I heard more rumblings, maybe even explosions. Another figure entered, not my captors, not an attacker. They opened my cage and tapped the side of my face. Wake up, you. Wake up. Come on. We have to get out of here. I knew that voice. It was Imowen. Oh, sweet Imowen. She was like a sister to me. We both grew up in the dusty halls of Candlekeep together until we were flung into a life of adventure. She was there for me even when I had been framed for murder, helping me escape Baldur's Gate before I could be executed. I tried to speak through my bleary eyes and stinging pain. What? Imowen? Uh, what's going on? Uh, did they start the party without me? You don't remember. He messed with your head too, huh? All I know is, we were near Baldo's gate and got jumped. There's a fight going on. Assassins come after our captor, the hooded man. There's people, dead, all over. And the fighting is still going on. We have to go, now! Alright, I'm moving. Oh, gods, I ache all over. Yeah, me too. But my head hurts the most. Yours too by the sound of the screaming. I don't want to remember it all. We just have to get out of here. Imowen released my bonds and helped me out of the cell. It had been a while since I walked on my own two feet. My thoughts were sluggish. My body felt like it was moving through a bog. We found an exit and hobbled together through dark halls clanking with iron chains and torturous implements. Uh, Imowen, where are the others? Our friends? I'm not sure. They might be in one of these rooms. We ducked into the shadows at the sound of footsteps. More figures clad in black ran past, soon followed by more of the guardian golems kept here. When the coast was clear, we snuck our way into another torture chamber filled with more cages. Quickly, a figure called. In the dark room, trapped in a cell, I saw a half-elven woman. It was Jahira, an old friend of my foster father and a dear adventuring companion to me. Imowen had brought her and her husband, Khalid, when they rescued me from Baldur's Gate. I ran over and began inspecting the cage door, searching for traps or other dangerous enchantments. Callius the Humble, you are a welcome sight. And Imowen too. We must get out of here before whoever did this returns. I swear traveling with you is never dull. Oh, Jahira, thank the gods you're all right. Uh, where are the others? Is Khalid not with you? And what if Minsk and Dinah here? I do not know where Khalid is, and that worries me. But I know Minsk is being held in that cell over there. Oh, to the hells. Your cage has somehow been magically sealed. I'll have to find some way to get through. Let me find Minsk. Imowen stayed with Jahira, and I ran to the cage. 
with a muscular figure sitting on the floor, trapped inside. I saw in their hands a small rodent, and that could only be one ranger I knew. Minsk! I'm so glad you're still alive! Your mighty warrior spirit must find these bars unbearable! My good friend, fear not! Minsk will be free! These bonds will not hold my wrath! Bots will be liberally kicked in good measure! Oh, I'm glad to see you haven't lost hope in this place. And what of our friend Dinah here? Is she trapped here as well? Minsk's face of determination folded into a look of anger and sorrow. Trapped? Her spirit is trapped in a cage created by my failure. I was to guard her, but she... They killed her as I watched, you see? I know not who they were, but I will redeem myself. Dinahir was dead? Oh, I truly feared for such a terrible fate for our friends. Dinahir had been Minsk's ward, a sorceress whom he pledged his very life to protect. I'm so sorry, Minsk. Words cannot describe my sorrow. I won't cry for the dead. I won't. Okay, maybe a little, but I will staunch the flow of tears with righteous fury. Lullaby and good night, evil. Minsk will make you pay. Callius the humble, you must help me. Our fury will be such that bards like you will run their quills dry. Yes, ink will be scarce wherever we go. I can try, Minsk, but I don't know how to open these cells. Uh, but you will keep looking, of course. You would never give up. I know this. A hero always succeeds and never stops short of his goal. Right, Boo? Minsk cradled his hamster companion, who squeaked affirmatively in response. I know a hero always tries, Minsk, but they've smelted these bars together. There's no lock. I don't think I can break through this. Minsk's face sank into deep despair. You have, have given up so easily? You won't help. Boo can see it now. You do not intend to cut my chains, only to yank them. Minsk stood within his cell, an accusatory finger pointed at me. I will make sure you do not live long enough to abandon more friends. I will. I will. I will do all of this as soon as I get these bars open. Minsk grabbed onto the bars of his cage and gave a fierce battle cry as he pulled on the heavy metal. The bars of the cage creaked and bent as Minsk's enormous muscles grew taut in rage. Roar! The bars, they bend and twist with my berserker strength. Minsk and Boo are free! Minsk tore himself free from the cage, hamster on his shoulder. He towered above me with terrible fury in his eyes. I stood there, frozen at my friend's ferocious rage. He grabbed me by the collar and lifted me off the ground. Now you will. Now. His eyes went wide as recognition hit his face. In an instant, his anger was gone, and he shot me a knowing smirk. Oh, 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 you are a smart one, Callius the Humble. I understand now. You said what you did just to get me mad. Mad enough to break free. <laughs> you are smart as boo sometimes. Now there are friends to avenge and villains to smack about the face and neck. Right, boo? Boo chimed out a squeak in agreement. 
Of course, Minsk. <laughs> that was absolutely my plan. I'm, I'm glad to see you and Boo are safe. I had great confidence that you wouldn't tear me limb from limb. Um, come, come help me with Jahira. Minsk trotted over without question and made short work of Jahira's cage, breaking her free. Jahira joins us as well. Come, we must go now. Minsk and Boo and you, together again. Beware, villains. I will force justice down your evil, evil throats. Yes, together we will all make our enemies suffer for what they've done here. Answer they will, and my sword shall be the question. We shall have feastfuls of sweet, sweet justice, and our enemies will be stains beneath our feet. Onward! Through the continuing chaos of whatever attackers were laying siege to this place, Imowen, Jahira, Minsk, Boo, and I crept through the evil lair, searching for an exit, as well as our missing friend and Jahira's husband, Khalid. We found crates of weapons and armaments we could use to defend ourselves. We crouched through darkened tunnels and wove through cold metal halls. A light came from a nearby room, and I led my companions inside, hoping for a way out. To my dismay, the light inside was artificial, coming from a series of large glass tubes filled with some glowing liquid. We approached, and soon noticed each of the tubes had something floating inside it. Misshapen, humanoid figures floated within each of the tanks, warped faces staring with wide, unblinking eyes. Imowen approached, equal parts curiosity and revulsion on her face. I know this room. He brought me in here, our captor. There are things in these tanks. They used to be people. What kind of monster is this guy? Oh, what could he possibly be doing with all of this? I remember he said something about potential. Something about releasing power within you so it could be used. I don't like this place. Can we go? I stood looking at the beings within these glass tubes, not sure if they were alive or dead or something worse. One of the figures seemed to sense our movement and pressed their wrinkled hands up against the glass. They spoke in a ragged, atrophied voice. Master, is that you? I can barely see. It's me, Rialtev. It has been so long, and I have been so alone, all alone. By the gods? What What happened to you, my fellow? Uh... Uh, who, who be thee? Servants of a master? I am dying. Or dead. I remember not which. Where is the master? Who is this master you speak of? He was my friend, I think. Cast out. One of us no longer. I cannot remember. Are you to take my place? Why are you in this... jar? I was a faithful servant to the Master. Eternal life was to be my reward for my service. The Master has suspended me until he can cure me, return my youth to me. I am sorry, friend. Tell me, do you know how to leave this place? How to escape? You are prisoners of this place. My unit here is powered by crystal cells. You may take them, and use them to power the portal in this level. It will bring you to the exit. But if the crystals are removed here, what will happen to you? 
I can find my blessed sleep at last. I have waited so long, and I fear my master has forgotten me. Very well. You shan't suffer here any longer. Finding a pair of glowing crystals, I unfastened them from the machinery, and the light in the glass tube faded. Thank you. Sweet sleep. At last. It is monstrous that one would do such a thing to a servant, to lock him away in an eternity of pain. It offends nature. We heard the large metal footfalls of the guardian golems headed our way and made a swift escape. Soon we came to a chamber with a large circular portal shimmering with magic. Without delay, we all rushed inside. The world spun and stretched around us until our feet hit solid ground again. Another conflict was already raging on the other end of the portal. A warrior armed with a single blade fought off a swarm of winged imps. They bit and scratched at his face, giggling with vile laughter. The warrior cut their merriment short with a flourish of his blade as he sliced each of the fiends in half. One that he missed, however, screeched as it dove for the back of his head. With a quick shot, I took out my crossbow and fired a bolt, impaling the diminutive imp to a nearby wall. The warrior seemed surprised to spot help, but relief showed on his face as he sheathed his weapon. So there is sanity in all this madness. If you're not in league with the evil that dwells in this unholy place, I would beg for your assistance. Hmm. Jahira seems skeptical. A fair line easily used by the servants of the wizard themselves. We have been imprisoned and worse, and have been given many reasons to distrust strangers we encounter. I share your sentiments. I have seen much here that has disturbed me. I'm Yoshimo, a warrior, and I offer no evil intentions. Please, I would welcome any assistance you might give. How did you come to be here, Yoshimo? Uh, it's actually quite embarrassing. Uh, my profession does not leave itself open to those who are not wary, and somehow I was caught unawares. The last I remember, I was sleeping in an inn in the city of Athkatla, and I woke in this place with a very sore head. Then you too know the hardship of being set into a maze like a helpless hamster. We are comrades in peril. Boo asks what you propose we do next, little man. I believe I saw a tunnel with some sunlight at its end, but the foul creatures that lurk in this dungeon prevented me from escaping. Perhaps with a skilled group such as yourselves, uh, we can work together and be rid of this place. That sounds as good a plan as any. Um, please, lead the way, Yoshimo. Traveling further through the dungeon, we soon made our way into a chamber filled with more chains and torturous instruments. Pokers, knives, and brands hung on the walls, while desecrated bodies were left bleeding on stone slabs. I did my best not to look at the scenes of carnage, but noticed Jahira had stopped. She stood frozen by one of the tables, looking down at the body strewn across it. Ka... Khalid? On a slab of stone, affixed with iron bindings and left bare, was the bloodied body of Jahira's husband, Khalid. Khalid? No. This... this is an illusion. A dream. A bad dream. Where are the mirrors? The switches to pull to show where he is hidden. Khalid! Damn. Damn you. Damn you. I will have the heart of who has done this. I will tear their blackened hearts from there. I will. Sylvanas, guide the light to the source. Take this man 
to what he justly deserves. By nature's will, what was given is now returned. What was turmoil is now, is now peace. Khalid of my heart, let my love, my love guide the way. Jahira, words can't express you. No, no more words. Save your speeches, save your proverbs. Let us go before we are noticed. I am done with this place. With no more time to grieve, we hurried through the rest of the lair. Golems and gray dwarves fought with black-clad assailants. We avoided the fighting until we came to a long tunnel as Yoshimo described. The tunnel sloped upward until, yes, there it was, daylight. We scrambled out into the blinding light, the sun warming our faces. Once our eyes could adjust, I saw that we stood in a large pile of debris. Among us was a half-collapsed building. The other half, it seemed, we stood in now. Around us was a market of some kind, a, a place unfamiliar to me. A deep rumble came from the tunnel behind us. We scrambled our way out of the ruined building, just as an explosion collapsed to the tunnel behind us. Once the dust cleared enough to see, the sounds of fighting rang around us. More of the hooded man's evil henchmen fought with these mysterious black-cloaked assailants who invaded his lair. With quick precision and deadly cuts, the attackers were victorious, leaving their opponents bloodied and dead. Our party huddled together, not sure if these agents were friend or foe. Before we could move further, the air crackled with teleportation magic. I turned and saw our captor standing below us amidst the rubble. His eyes locked onto mine with vengeful fury. Before he could encant another spell, half a dozen black-cloaked figures swooped in to surround him. Each held daggers and bows at the ready. The hooded man, now unhooded, rolled his eyes and threw up his hands towards them. You dare attack me here? Do you even know whom you face? We know of your treachery, John Arenicus. Where have you taken our brethren? So now we knew our captor's name, John Arenicus. You know nothing of me. You know nothing of what I must do. You will suffer. You will all suffer. Men, get him. One of the black-clad assailants rushed in quick as shadow. Our captor, this Arenicus, gave a curt flick of his hand, petrifying the attacker's body into solid stone. Another gesture, and they shattered into rubble. The dark assailants knocked arrows into their bows, but not before Arenicus impaled two more, throwing spears of pure ice. Arrows launched at him from all directions, but magical barriers deflected the shots, leaving him unharmed. Crackling energy built around Arenicus like a storm. In a flash, Bolts of wicked lightning burst forth from his hands, striking the remaining attackers and burning them into piles of ash. As the noonday breeze blew away what was left, Irenicus walked towards us now, stepping over the smoldering corpses in his wake. His hateful eyes found our group again and locked on to me. So, Godchild, you have escaped. You are more resourceful than I had thought. Imowen! Put herself between me and Arenicus, protecting me. You're not going to torture us any longer. Torture? Silly girl. 
You just don't understand what I'm doing, do you? I don't care what you're doing. Let us go. I won't let you leave. Not when I'm so close to unlocking your power. We don't want anything from you. With a flash of arcane light, Imowen sent a barrage of magic missiles hurtling into Renicus. The bolts pounded harmlessly against an invisible shield surrounding him. Enough. I will no longer listen to the babbling of ignorant children. Before Irenicus could launch another attack, the static charge of teleportation magic saturated the air once again. Four grey-robed figures fizzled into being, their faces obscured by hooded cowls. Each held a wand or staff, all pointed at Irenicus. An older one of the wizards raised his hands with authority. Stop! This is an unsanctioned use of magical energy. By the order of the cowled wizards, all involved will be held. This disturbance is over. The cowled wizards gripped Arenicus with magic force, but he shrugged the bindings off like a loose robe. Must I be interrupted at every turn? Enough of this! One of the wizards exploded in a shower of gore at a wave of Arenicus's hand. A dark hole appeared in the air with a point of his finger and sucked another wizard into its empty void before closing again. Imowen shot forth more of her own spells to try and fell Arenicus, but his protective barriers stopped her magic short. The air shimmered as more wizards appeared, only barely deflecting the deadly magics flung at them. This mage's power is immense. We must overcome him. Quickly! Enough. I haven't the time for this. You, mage, will cease your spellcasting and come with us. Your pathetic magics are useless. Let this end. Even if we fail, our numbers are many. You will be overwhelmed. Irenicus rolled his eyes and gave a quick glance to Imowen, magic still charged in her fingers. A smirk crossed his lips as he turned back to the wizard. <laughs> you bore me, mageling. You may take me in, but you will take the girl as well. He pointed at Imowen, and the wizards turned to her. What? No, I, I've done nothing wrong. One of the wizards spoke up with stately authority. You have been involved in the illegal use of magic. You will come with us. I'm not going with him. One of the wizards lifted his staff, and Imowen's body began to disappear. Callius, help me, please. I reached for Imowen, but my arms passed right through the air where she had stood. Irenicus looked at me and smiled as he vanished in a similar fashion. Without another word... The other wizards gestured and teleported away, leaving Jahira, Minsk, Yoshimo, and I in the wreckage of Arenicus's lair that we had dug ourselves out from. We were now in a strange and unfamiliar city. Imowen was taken, and now trapped again with the vile, insidious John Irenicus. What a way to set this up, yeah. right? I love when you just kind of put you in the thick of it, right? It's kind of... He's just, Callie's just, just being tortured. And, and by the way, Jesse, a fantastic opening with the yelling and the screaming of the, the, the being tortured. Like, just, again, uh, makes me feel wrong when I'm laughing. Because, <laughs> like, you just are so good at pulling it off. But, I mean, I guess I'll throw it to, to Ryan first. Ryan, what do you think so far of the first chapter? I mean, I think it's a great opening. I think it sets up the tone of the experience. It automatically has some stakes. Um, so even if you didn't participate in the other... Um, games like there's already some stakes and some tension there that you're just thrown into maybe some of those deaths wouldn't hit as hard but there's still an understanding based on the character's reaction oh this is how we're supposed to feel in this situation this is how important this is in a way that you know really instantly you're invested in what's going on and um 
John Rennickus is a really scary, spooky villain. And even though he's kind of captured in the end here, like he's captured because he wants to be. And that's like even scarier than than him being defeated anyway, which. Yeah, he had the he had the, the Joker move before the before the dark, the dark Knight made it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like, yeah, because I feel like, like he he probably could have beat the rest of the mages. It sounds like he sounds like he's just infinitely strong. Oh, yeah. No, in the cut scene, he's just like, um. Sometimes it's hard to tell with the graphics, like, exactly what spells people are casting. But you just see him, like, moving his hands around, like, particle effects are flashing. And other people are just, they're just exploding. They're just like, oh, and, like, some people's, like, their souls are just flying out of their bodies. And you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) This is a little early for the final boss right now. This is rough. Which I'm surprised that anyone is taken, right? Because, like, it's obvious that she's defending herself, right? She's trying to stop this from happening so why the mages would also see that as a illegal act like is, is is using magic to defend oneself still considered an illegal act of magic usage i don't know apparently yeah i guess so <laughs> don't question but it just seems interesting yeah and like if i guess if i was those wizards and like we're all just getting murdered if this guy says okay i'll stop murdering you all but she's coming too i mean to them this this girl goes sure we stopped dying sounds great yeah this dude yeah it's true yeah they seem to be like just like i'm sorry you're casting magic without a permit uh-oh it's like this dude's casting like level nine like power word kill power word kill disintegrate 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 imwin's like level one magic missile uh, five points of damage they're like hey we saw that that's illegal too these are these are equally bad things mm-hmm. but yeah it puts you in a in a situation where you're your foster sister is now uh, trapped in somewhere, uh, 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 assumedly in the same place where this uh, horribly powerful and, and evil wizard is also being cast. Uh, yeah. And poor Khalid. Oh, I know Khalid. Oh, I know that was, I was surprised, honestly, when uh, Dinah here and Khalid were just like killed off right in the beginning of this game because Siege, Siege of Dragonspear ends with... Um, you sneak out of Baldur's Gate after you're framed for murder and by, by John Arenicus, the hooded man at the time. Um, uh, and Imowen appears and behind her is Minsk, Jahira, Khalid, and Dinahir. And, um, you know, Dinahir could be a party member through Baldur's Gate 1 because if you had Minsk with you, she had to come too. Because Minsk is basically her bodyguard. And same thing in Siege of Dragonspear. So I like I pretty much had Minsk and Dine here through those first two games, like pretty much the whole time. Um And so and like Jahira and Khalid are like the first two people you meet after your father Garion gets murdered in the first game. Like they're like the first friends you meet who are like, Oh, we knew your dad. Yes, we swore we would protect you if anything happened to him. Like, you can come with us. So yeah, their deaths, it's like I, I was I was I was a little sad when I was like, oh no, they're just dead. I feel like I feel like those were probably the the best options of people if they had to pick someone to 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 kill off in the story because like he imagine if, if Minsk died right mm. like if they found Minsk on the table people I would people would riot if they killed off Minsk yeah you know? they're still yeah. they're still using like the new the newest D and D the Spelljammer books coming out they they got Minsk face Has plastered Minsk on top of that it. yeah Minsk exactly is, really? Minsk is too iconic they can't get yeah. rid of him I mean the, one of the books wow. is called. 
Boo's Astral Menagerie, and that's that's the monster manual of this. And there's one, so and yeah. there's and there's what? giant there's giant miniature space hamsters in there. Which yeah, is in the is. in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really oh good. my god, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, shout out, you know, just shout out to Jim Cummings who does the does the voice acting for for Minsk and really gives him that amazing personality. Um, You're doing fantastic too. I try. I am. I am. I am happy if I can even get like half his level of of performance do you think jesse these characters are are there other characters that you think would have the same emotional impact as these characters passing um do you think they're do you think from your experience these were the best choices do you think there would have been other more meaningful choices um i don't know Uh, uh, the the baldur's gate the early baldur's gate games do have kind of a thing where um uh the some of the some of the the party members you can you can get are a little forgettable i mean even imowen who is like a big important part of this story as she's part of like the inciting incident you know i i, I skipped over her and, and i remember that just like i was like mm, no but um <laughs> but then you know over i think siege of dragon spear helped because it put her in part of the action more more main focused as too i think helped cemented that bond a little bit um, so I was like, no, I'm going to treat Emma one better this time around. Um, but a uh, uh, slight tangent, Baldur's Gate 2 kind of treats some of the, the original party members from the first game you could get. It, 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 it gives them the short, the short stick in this game. There's like, there's at least half a dozen people who you meet like Ryan. I think you remember there's like that, like one necromancer and his buddy, um, who turn out to be part of the, um, the, the black network. Like or they, they, you just meet them on the road early in the game. They're just like killed off in a side quest in this game, <laughs> really unceremoniously, and that happens to like four other people. It's just like, oh yeah, that, I remember them from the first game. And it's like, oh, they just die. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but um, back to yeah, back to your question on um, if if there was someone more impactful than Jahir and Khalid to kill off, um, I would say at that point. Those were those were pretty good choices, I think, because because they usually like Jahir and Khalid always came as that pair, and so did Minsk and Dainy here. You know, I think they they were probably thinking like, oh, you know, most people probably had Minsk in their party in the first game as such a beloved character. So, but I don't know, maybe it was a design choice because maybe some people didn't like that to have Minsk. They were forced to have another party member that. Maybe they didn't want to take along. Maybe that was what they got really done here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but certainly, certainly for my playthrough, at least, these were definitely characters that I'd like known and seen and was was happy to see them, if, even if I didn't have them in my party when they showed up. And I was like, oh my God, hi, friends. So yeah, when they, when they die, it's and um, it's definitely something that obviously it, in, it impacts your party members and they have things to say about it for the rest of the game. And, and your party members have a stake against Arenicus as well, not just you now. It's true. It's a it's a really good way to get all, all all the entire party invested in this one purpose of of going after this person. Right, and what a way too, to to almost. I'm curious if this will happen because I don't know what's going to happen yet. But I feel like with um, uh, with oh, man, I was trying so hard to remember names. I was doing so good. Uh, Minsk and Dining Here. Okay, see, so I'm getting there. But Dining Here passing right that almost gives Minsk Minsk this uh this time to then show like more character growth right to go through the struggle and, and see more from Minsk which is really cool because like 
you know, everyone loves Vince. So like, it's a great way to kind of see him struggle with this and come to terms with it and work through it in, in his way. Um, and who doesn't love Boo? So I was looking at uh, the official like character art on, on Google just now, just to just to get an idea of what Vince looks like again. And I just love the pictures of him with his hand out and Boo just jumping forward. <laughs> I love, those are my favorite artworks yeah. by far. There's of, of those two. Um, again, we don't have to get too much into the the in the newest books. One of the attacks that the um, giant mm, miniature that. space hamsters is called go for the eyes. That's like one of their abilities. <laughs> and that's like the line that Min steals to Boo is go for the eyes, Boo. So they've like added oh. it into the into the, into the the character, the monster manual in a very cool way. That's so cool. Terrifying. <laughs> Literally horrifying to think of, but very cool. Chapter two. Our party stood together. Staring at the ruined building where the cowled wizards had arrested John Arenicus, and Imma went along with him. Minsk fell to his knees and shouted to the sky, No! This cannot be! The murderer of Dinahir flees from righteous butt-kicking vengeance, and he takes Imowen with him too! Minsk grabbed me by my tunic and shook me. Something must be done, Callus! We must find this evil wizard! All that his goodness cries out for this even little Boo, although he cannot cry out quite so loudly. Boo squeaked out a righteous cry for justice. I find it odd this Irenicus would let himself be taken like this. And why take Imowen when it is Callius he is so obviously interested in? Well, if he knows me, then he knows I would do anything to find Imowen. We must step carefully then. We know little about this Irenicus, whom he was fighting, who just took him, or even where we are. We seem to be drawn into machinations not of our own making. No! We must go quickly to save our friend Imowen. The wizard may be leering over her evilly even now. While I share in your burning passion for justice, Minsk, we shan't be hasty. We must know our enemies and the extent of our danger here before we rush into anything. The bard is right, my large friend. This Irenicus obviously had great power, and I doubt we've seen the last of him. Perhaps we should see if allies can be found here. I looked around. We stood in the center of a bustling marketplace filled with tents and stalls, vendors shouting of unbelievable deals for all manner of wares. However, the people gave us a wide berth after seeing the destroyed building we just exited from. Jahira looked around, squinting at the buildings and people. I... I know this place. This is the city of Afkatla. We are in the state of Arm. Arm? Is that far from Baldur's Gate? We are still in the Sword Coast, but it is quite a ways back to Baldur's Gate. I used to travel here with Khalid. Jahira paused at her husband's name. Anyway... I do not know the city well enough to give directions. We will most likely have to ask around. Jahira stepped away from the group and kneeled in solemn prayer. Khalid? Sylvanas, let him hear my vow. If I must, I shall empty this city of all within to find his killer. So do I swear. I thought of poor Dinah here and Khalid, slain by this John Arenicus. I thought of all the adventures we had spent together. They came to my aid when I was framed for murder in Baldur's Gate and exiled from the city. They were true friends to me always. I felt sick, knowing their deaths came because they dared to risk helping me. 
Minsk and Dinah here were just as inseparable as Jahira and Khalid. And now both of my friends were robbed of their life's partners. They deserved better than to die tortured in the lair of some sadistic madman. Jahira stood and composed herself. All right, let us go. Minsk, Jahira, Yoshimo, and I walked through the city streets of Athkatla. We pushed our way through throngs of people. Everyone was either buying something, selling something, or carrying something to be bought or sold elsewhere. The air was abuzz with loud barterings and exclamations of ridiculously low prices. While I preferred the trappings of civilizations to the untamed wilderness, this was still a bit much. Jostling our way out of the market district, a man leaning at an alley opening whistled at me. Hello there! Are you by chance one Callius the Humble? Oh, you recognize me. Yes, it is I, Callius the Humble, at your service. Uh, what can I do for you, my good man? Tis not what I want, but what I can be doing for ye. You might be wanting information about a young lass arrested by the wizards on your arrival here, eh? Imowen? What do you know of her? Imowen. That be the name. Young lass made for the misfortune of casting spells in a place that frowns upon such business. Bad timing it was. The cow the wizards be taken off with any mages be using their magic without a permit. You'll be thinking you want to find her then. And to whom do I have the pleasure of discussing this with? Well, bless me for being an idiot if I hadn't gone and forgotten my manners. My name is Galen Bale. You needn't stretch your brains thinking you likely haven't heard the name before. Yoshimo leaned in and whispered behind me. I have heard of him, Callius the Humble. At least for a little. He's a man with many connections amongst the underworld in this city. A man of his word, as far as that's worth. Many have heard your name here, Athkatla, humble bard. You are renowned enough to find this Imowen for ye. I don't know much myself, but I can link ye up with a group that does. Hmm. While I had my suspicions of this character, I couldn't turn away a possible lead to Imowen. Hmm. And what group would be offering this help, exactly? All you need to know is that they're powerful. Powerful enough to be crossed in the cowed wizards. And for that crossing, they'd be selling the price for their services for around 20,000 gold pieces. 20,000 gold pieces? That was well over a fortune. And while I had seen comparable amounts in my previous adventures, this Arenicus had absconded with whatever spoils I had gained prior, leaving me penniless. Well, I don't have that much. How am I supposed to raise that amount? Oh, I'm sure you'll think of something. Clever lad like you'll figure it out. You're a bard, aren't you? Maybe you can make some money putting on a little show. I refrained from giving him the satisfaction of his patronizing jest. Very well, then I'll return when I can with your money. Aye, and I'll be waiting here for it. Oh, what was a bard to do? We had found no other leads to tracking down Imowen, and this required an exorbitant amount of gold on the word of some fool who approached me in the middle of a city street. This would be our only shot, so we had to make it count. But how by the gods would I find 20,000 gold pieces? Making our way through the city, my ears twitched at the sounds of angry shouts. A crowd had gathered up ahead, nearly blocking the entire road. What is this now? The mob was jeering towards a drow, a dark elf woman, tied up to a pole with a heap of kindling at her feet. Next to her was a human man dressed in a long coat, not a priest, but acting at the authority of him. He held aloft a burning torch, waving it as he spoke. Look ye all upon this foul drow that we have bound before ye. A creature of evil and darkness, my brethren. 
a creature of foulness and deceit, bent only on our destruction. This creature has foolishly come amongst us, my brethren, thinking that we would be lax in our senses. Tell me what should be done with it. Burn it! Burn her! Burn the drow! Aye, burn the dark elf. A dark and fiendish king rose up from the underground homes and killed my father and brother. They are all evil, I tell you, all of them. The drow woman pleaded in protest in her bindings. You humans are mad. I have done nothing to any of you. I seek only to make my way without molestation. Why have you done this? Why? Done nothing. You are a drow elf, are you not? That is as good of a reason as any. Oi! Burn her now! Prepare yourself for the journey into the next world, drow. Beg for forgiveness. Beg for salvation. And hope that cleansing fire will save you. The crowd erupted back in cheers. Jahira leaned in to whisper to me. I have no love for drow, but it seems that she has done nothing to deserve this fate other than simply be one. This is not justice. We had our own problems to worry about, of course, but a bard of my stature could not idly sit by while such cruelties were administered. I pushed my way through the throngs of disgruntled city folk and stepped up to the restrained drow, pulling away at the ropes binding her. <sighs> Praise the goddess! My thanks for your timely intervention. Please, I beg of you, save me from these madmen! What are you doing? Why have you interfered with our divine judgment? The will of the gods must be shown to the people! Allies of the foul creature! Allies of the drow! Nay, fair miscreant! I, Callius the Humble, bard extraordinaire and savior of Baldur's Gate, come as an ally of justice! I shall not see you harm this innocent woman for your bigoted spectacle! Come, faithful and devout. Let us drive away these heretics. So our holy will be done. The common rabble who came to jeer and shout ran at the sight of weapons being drawn. A dozen armed fanatics surrounded us. I drew my rapier and prepared for their attacks. Both parties stood waiting to see who would strike first. Three men charged in at Minsk, the biggest target. But he spread his arms wide and tackled them to the ground. They struggled to get free from his muscled grasp. Now, Boo, go for the eyes! Boo hopped off Minsk's shoulders onto the fanatics' screaming faces. Some of their friends drew arrows back on their bowstrings, loosing a volley in our direction. I dodged swiftly, but they already had more arrows knocked, ready to fire. Yoshimo rushed in, closing the distance, forcing them to move to avoid his sword strikes. Jahira lifted her wooden staff and called to the sky as three vagabonds closed in around her. As they lifted their weapons to strike, a flock of birds swooped in at Jahira's call, harrying them with beaks and talons. They each fell with a thwack of Jahira's staff. With the rest occupied, I closed in on their leader. He pulled a heavy maul from his back. He swung at me with frightening force, and my rapier was too thin a blade to block the hunk of metal. The maul came down, and I leaped to the ground to avoid it colliding with my skull. The fanatic leader smiled as he brought his maul up again. A shimmering shield sprung up around me, protecting me under silvery moonlight. I saw the drow woman, encanting with divine energy, holding the shield around me. The fanatic, displeased at my uncaved skull, glared back at his captive. The drow glared back in violent rage, her eyes pooling with fiery energy. 
A flash of light flew from her hand, and the fanatic only had time to scream before a column of fire crashed down upon him. The rest of the mob, seeing their leader scorched to a crisp, fled the scene. Soon the square that housed an angry mob was now still and silent. I moved over to the drow woman. Oh, thank you for that. Are you all right? I owe you my life, Callius the Humble. My name is Viconia de Vere, and you have saved me. I did nothing to provoke these humans' attacks, I tell you. I was passing through the city when the man there guessed my identity under my hood and called out to others, revealing me. I suppose they assumed I was here to spy on them. Fools! They are so quick to fear, these humans. But come, we must be on our way soon if we are to avoid drawing another crowd. I distrust these barbaric people too much to hang about. We hurried to another section of the city, looking for as little attention as possible. I explained to Viconia our mission to find Imowen and the dangerous wizard Aranicus we faced. So, Callius the Humble, what plan exactly do you have to acquire this money that is asked for? Um, well, Viconia, I haven't precisely thought of that yet, but how about here? Let's brainstorm! Uh, ideas! Everyone! I've worked as a mercenary in Nathcatla before. Perhaps I could find some old connections to earn the coin we need. Boo says we could slay a fearsome dragon and take its ill-gotten hoard of treasures. What if we kidnap a child of the wealthy elite here in the city and ransom their fortunes from them and send them fingers if they're not feeling cooperative? Mm, that sounds a little dark for our tastes, Viconia. We like to go for a more heroic vibe in this group. Ugh. You weaklings. What, you think taking a child is harder than killing a dragon? Do you want to save this Imowen or not? Hmm, we'll find a way. Oh, I can still hear that sniveling little man from before. You're a born, right? Just put on a little show. Oh, as if a performance I put on in this stuck-up city wouldn't be the most masterful theatrical experience they've ever witnessed. As if I couldn't move the hearts of audience after audience as they pay good money to see... Wait. That was it. A show. People would pay good money to see quality theater. We would need a stage, actors, costumes. A brilliant plan unfolded in my mind like the birth of the universe. Yoshimo, do you know a halfway decent playhouse in town? We arrived later that afternoon at the Five Flagons Playhouse in Afkatla's Bridge District. A suitable venue, not too ostentatious to dissuade the less fortunate of the city, but not too dingy as to keep away more endowed guests. There must have been a show in progress inside, as the sound of a dramatic battle was already underway. Oh, I love rehearsals. Stepping inside, we saw a deadly duel taking place, and it looked to be anything but staged. A lithe fighter with pointed ears and long blue hair traded blows with a fiend of pure muscle twice as tall with leathery wings, a tail, and a horned head. The smaller duelist leapt and flipped, striking out with his dual swords, while his massive opponent cut wide strokes through the air with a long glaive. Noticing our arrival, the smaller duelist turned to address us. Yes, may I help you? He asked with a cheery voice. Um, I'm sorry. Do you, do you need help? 
With this? No, that's quite all right. Just an interplanar bounty hunter set to capture me and my troop. I would not turn down an offer of assistance, however. Should you be feeling charitable and don't mind risking your life for a lowly performer such as I? I look back at my party members who all shrug their shoulders back at me. Well, I suppose we fought worse. We lunged into battle together. Six against one was good odds, but our opponent was larger and surprisingly quick with his blade. Bring all the help you like, Herr Delise. It will not stop the punishment due to you. As we approached on the stage, the hunter, with his meaty, taloned hand, grabbed Minsk by the torso and flung him across the theater, crashing all the way into the back seats. Yoshimo struck the back of the creature's leg, but was swiftly kicked backstage into a rack of costumes. Viconia conjured living shadows, while Jahira summoned a swarm of stinging insects. But with a mighty flap of its wings, the planar hunter scattered the swarms, and the gust buffeted Viconia and Jahira off of the stage. Left with myself and the other swordsmen, the hunter sliced his glaive at us. I backed away, one of the swings just a breath away from my face. A lock of my hair fell to the floor. Did this Fustelarian just slice my hair? Oh, I didn't know what plane of the multiverse this being hailed from, but he would certainly regret coming here. I conjured a handful of illusory duplicates that mirrored my movements. I jabbed and lunged with my rapier, and the illusions followed in kind. The hunter sweeped and stabbed back with his own blade, but only hitting the duplicates one by one as they burst in a puff of magic. I pierced the creature's hand, and he screamed, dropping his weapon. The hunter snarled at me, but saw I was out of mirror duplicates. His great hand clutched around my throat and shoulders, squeezing the very breath from me. He brought my wriggling form up close towards his face, his breath stinking of brimstone and decay. This was not your fight, puny mortal, but it will be your last. The hunter's grip tightened, threatening to crush every bone in my body. I saw movement out of the corner of my eye. The cheery fighter rushed behind the hunter, and before the great monster could notice, he had cut an object from his belt. The fist-sized jewel fell and landed in the fighter's grasp and began to glow with silvery light. With a flick of precision, the fighter cast the glowing jewel at the monster's feet and a shimmering vortex opened in the floor beneath him. The hunter fell, screaming into the portal. I was released from his grip, but I still plunged shortly after him into the shining vortex. I was stopped suddenly as something grabbed my arm. I looked up to the blue-haired fellow, smiling down at me. Now, now, I can't have you falling to your doom, just as you saved me from mine. The man pulled me out of the vortex, and we watched as the bounty hunter fell further and further into a starry void. A blink later, and the portal vanished, leaving a finely polished staged floor behind. The fighter who saved me brushed off my shoulders and checked me for any grievous injuries. What a show! My, if only tales of heroism we spun on the stage, and half the rigor and excitement a real fight like that could hold. I am certainly in your debt, my friend. <laughs> Don't mention it. Thank you for saving me there. Uh, I'm glad I didn't plummet into um, whatever that was. <laughs> what humility! But it is you who saved me, my most well-timed friend. I must say that I would not have lasted much longer in that fight if you had not arrived when you did. But I am sure you did not come here just to save an entertainer like myself. Come, let us talk. The rest of my companions dusted themselves off and nursed their wounds. Other faces poked out from different areas of the theater. They appeared to be other actors and stagehands likely hiding during the fight. Hmm. 
Yes, well, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Callius the Humble, and I was told that there was an acting troupe stationed within this very playhouse. That is correct. We are the Sigil Theatre Troupe. I am Air Delise and one of the fine actors of this troupe, and these are my fellow performers. Oh, splendid! And need I worry about any more otherworldly creatures attacking us while we converse here? Not to worry. My troop and I hail from another plane of existence far beyond this one. That bounty hunter was after our troop after we had accidentally performed a play featuring details of his clients. Well, let's say more intimate affairs. That's the last time we trust an anonymous playwright for material. <laughs> we fled to this place of yours to hide, but it was only a matter of time before someone caught up to us. But with your timely assistance just now, that should no longer be a problem. Well, in light of these events then, Herr Delise, um, would your group still be interested then in being uh, commissioned for another work? Perhaps. What type of performance did you have in mind? I had wished to commission a play for your group to perform within the month. Within the month? That is quite a sparse amount of time to prepare, but we do particularly enjoy a challenge here. I assume you're requesting one of the classic pieces? My troop and I are familiar with a number of work. Actually, I was hoping your troop would be able to perform an original work. Perform an original work within one month? What grand tales do you hope us to paint upon the canvas of the stage? Well... As you likely know, even being from a different plane of existence, I am an extraordinary adventurer, slayer of dark foes, and hero of great renown. Glorious! And I assume you have a sizable stipend to pay for such an ambitious endeavor. Actually, I was hoping that this would be more of a profit-generating venture of sorts. And might I ask how much profit you were hoping to make, precisely? 20,000 gold pieces, give or take. Mr. the Humble, I must say, this proposal I have brought before us today is a task of ludicrous proportions, set in a disastrously small amount of time to be accomplished, let alone the gargantuan risk of running an original piece based on a life and adventure unheard by the audience of Athkathla, which is why I must inform you that we would love to take on this work. But you must! My friend's life depends on this- Oh, oh wait, you agreed? Of course. Life is short, and death is a fickle master who would rear his handsome face should the winds blow south and any day instead of north. Your idea sounds near, inevitably due for failure, but that is what makes taking it on all the more salivating. As a fellow bard, I'm sure you know that life without danger and risk is a life spent wasted. Entropy and chaos threaten to swallow us every day, so when it comes, we must leap into it headlong at the mere idea of taking on your quest makes my skin prickle as if the universe is closing around me, swallowing me whole. Yes, well, I suppose I agree. Uh, this is no venturing scheme to amass a fortune of myself, but rather to save a dear friend of mine. Ah, the raven springs off to rescue his lost friend. I know this type of tale well, and the sparrow is now at your command. Off we go, then. Uh, off we go? Um... Shouldn't we get to writing? I mean, you have all the source material you need right here. My raven, while I do believe your life has been filled with adventures both fantastical and unbelievable, I do not see these things myself. 
"'Twould be no better than you writing this dramatized account on your lonesome. In order to best use my bardic talents and truly inspire an audience, I will need to witness your triumphant exploits firsthand. If you truly wish to obtain the coin you need to save your dear friend, you need a show the likes of which the city has never seen. And I can only get the greatest inspiration the muses can offer if I bear my own witness to your exploit. Well, then I guess... We had better find a pretty good adventure. That's the end of chapter two. I loved, I did not expect a play <laughs> to be the the reason why, or the, the, the means in which to, to raise the coin to save Imowen. But I love it. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense, right? I love that we don't have to like bust our way through something. It's, it's actually like, we have to be creative to, to generate what we need here. I don't know, which is perfect for Callius. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I like the idea um, as this this chapter of the story of um, in the game itself, how you get the money is a little open-ended as they kind of fling you into the city of Catla and, you know, everyone and their mom has like a side quest for you that they'll pay you money for. So thinking about, okay, I'm like, what, like, what would be the main way Callius would actually do this in the story? I thought like, um, like you know, we had... Um, the character of Herdelise come in and you find him in a in a in a playhouse with his interdimensional troubles and then um there's like there's some fun side quests in the story where you're you i um i believe depending on what your class is you get like a special stronghold in the city and for Callius being a bard he gets this playhouse where you get to you get to have this venture of 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 putting on a play and things so i kind of i kind of smushed all those plot lines together to um uh, make this little thing happen yeah but we're 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 running into other other party members other other randos to rescue who have who have strong abilities and powers and so and so we got we got five out of the six as Callius would say but we're still we're missing it well technically oh no actually right now i think yeah Callius, jahira mens gyoshimel Viconia, hair delis we have six now but we still got to get in one back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know ryan what do you think so far uh, it's 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 wonderful. I mean, I, I love the idea of the way to solve this problem is to put on a show. Feels so perfect to to the core of the character, and even more so that it wasn't even necessarily Callius's idea, but it was like an offhand comment that he is then like taking to mind and then running with <laughs> is is really perfect, and is is really well suited to the character. Um, and then there's this really interesting character in Air Delice who is this like just chaos free flowing you know who cares what happens it'll be great that that i think brings a really needed tone shift to the narrative which so far has been like bad things happen bad things happen this is terrible bad things happen and then you have this like light fun middle piece where we're we're starting to we've, we have the problems now how are we going to solve them and here's us finding ways to solve them in a really really great way um so i'm excited to see how those interactions continue and how this is going to play out because we need to get the money and then we need to save anyone, but that doesn't actually deal with the 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 problem of the narrative of this um, Serenicus. Mm-hmm. I love Herdelis already, like already, like just the just the enthusiasm that comes off of him, like it just it's it's perfect, absolutely perfect. Storygoers, thank you so much for joining us for the first part of Baldur's Gate Two. We hope you enjoy this episode. 
please let us know your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives by sharing them with us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can now also leave us a voicemail at calling our number at 207-494-4334. Leave us a voicemail, and we will happily air that in a future episode and discuss what you think. And you can also find us on Instagram, comment on our posts, let us know what you think, and we will happily read those on the show. Story Girls, we hope that you're happy, healthy, and well, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye! Bye.